This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson. What's going on? Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sallerson. Hope this Tuesday finds you well as uh, we are talking about a Pelicans win last night over the Knicks. The final score, 110-96. to Yesterday was a very interesting day, to say it at least, especially in that Pelicans-Knicks game. I'll get to that in just a second. But how about that national championship? Hope you all stayed up and watched that as Clemson uh, beats Alabama on a last-second touchdown 35 to 31 was your final score just an unbelievable game for the second straight year both those teams played each other and uh, both games didn't disappoint and congratulations to the Clemson Tigers I know Clemson South Carolina right now is, uh, is the place to be and I know they're going to be celebrating uh, for the next couple of days I think there's a parade scheduled for Saturday and um, school hasn't started yet back for winter break so I'm sure all the students there are having a grand old time as the Tigers win the national championship we'll uh hear uh we'll talk about that with uh, christian garrick from uh, wwl radio we'll also get his take on the nfl playoffs as the nfl divisional round begins on saturday and then um we'll also talk to him about the saints offseason what he thinks the saints need to do to kind of get back on track and hopefully we're talking about the saints divisional round next year at this time let's go back to this pelicans game from last night only three games happened around the nba due to the national championship pelicans and knicks were one of them and it was Kind of just a strange game all in all. I don't know if it's just – I had that weird vibe, and it all started pregame for the Knicks when Derrick Rose, who was at the uh, Knicks shoot-around in the morning, was a no-show for the game, just announced that he was not with the team. He was a late scratch, and Brandon Jennings got the starting place with them, and some officials couldn't even find him. I don't even know if we really know where he is as of this point. There are reports that he's in Chicago's hometown. Joe Kimno after the game said he is okay but wouldn't go into much detail after that. But uh, just a weird situation. And then you had uh, two ejections in the third quarter by the Knicks. Carmel Anthony gets ejected with 235 left in the third quarter. And then a minute later, Kyle O'Quinn gets ejected after a flagrant two on Anthony Davis. A pretty rough shot to AD, who trickles into the stands after it gets whacked by Kyle O'Quinn. AD ends up leaving the game with that hip contusion, or hip pointer, I should say. Um, but he should be okay for Thursday. X-rays were negative, so good news there. And AD was having a, a great game. In just 28 minutes of play, he put up 40 points, 18 rebounds, three block shots, 11 to 12 from the foul line, and 14 of 22 shooting. Um, there were so many stats as far as the numbers that he's put up, and it's it's so hard to go through. It's his fifth straight 20-plus point, 15-plus rebound game. Uh, the last time someone did that was Kevin Love, 2010 and 11, only Two other guys besides Kevin Love and AD have done that. Charles Barkley and Akeem Olajuwon. So AD continues to put up numbers. And I believe this is AD's eighth game of 30-15, and 15, which uh, hasn't been done since Shaq in 1999 and 2000. And uh, no one's put up 38-18 and 18 at Madison Square Garden since the 1983-84 and 84 season. That's from a visiting player. So just so many things that AD did last night. It was hard to keep up with all the accolades from Mr. Davis. And he only did that in 28 minutes. I believe that's the first time someone put up those numbers in under 30 minutes since the 83-84 season as well. So nice to see AD play well as he usually does. And nice to see the rest of the team play well as the team put up 110 points, only allowed 96, four players in double figures. 
Buddy Heald, 11 points, 4 of 7, shooting 3 of 5 from beyond the arc. We'll hear from him in just a second. Tyreek Evans off the bench, had a nice uh, couple of threes in the third quarter. That really sparked the team, 12 points on 5 of 9 shooting. And Terrence Jones, 11 points, 4 of 6 shooting. Team shot 48%. They were 12 of 27 from beyond the arc. They had 10 threes alone in the first half. And only 11 turnovers, which was nice to see. They forced 15 turnovers on the Knicks and were able to score 21 points off those turnovers. So a really nice win to even the uh, road trip at 1-1. One one. It was also their first win of 2017. Snaps a three-game losing streak, and the Pelicans improved to 9-6 and six overall against the Eastern Conference. And now the Pelicans had the advantage of not traveling for a couple days, and they'll take on the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday. Brooklyn is the worst team in the Eastern Conference. They're in action tonight, actually, at the Barclay Center. Also, Shek Diallo was able to get some minutes last night. Unfortunately, he was 0-4 in five minutes of play, but Diallo is actually going to now play with the Long Island Nets for the next couple days. I believe that's the Pelican strategy of getting Diallo some minutes with the Long Island Nets, and I'm sure he'll be called back up when the Pelicans play the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday. So there's some news from the Pelicans this morning. So before we get to break and before we get to Jim Eichenhofer, let's hear from Buddy Heald, who spoke to our Sean Kelly right after the game. All right, you're live now with us here on Pelicans Radio. Hey, congratulations. Nice win for you guys tonight. Yes, sir. That had to feel good, didn't it? Yes, sir. It felt great. You know, uh, we lost three in a row. And uh, get back on the winning column is great. You know, uh, we're just trying to get back and play off contention. And, uh, you know, AD had a great game tonight. And, and uh, we play off him. And uh, we moved the ball. We shared the ball. We played great defense. And uh, it's a great team win. Your threes early in the first half got a night going that sees you all again with double-digit three-pointers. That's eight straight games. Yes, Buddy, sir. how big were those two shots for you in the first half? Oh, they were real big. And those confidence, you know, those keep me going as a rookie, you know, and our coaches and everybody teach encourage me to shoot the ball. And uh, Drew and everybody in 80, you know, they always get on me. Uh, they always give me the confidence and motivation to stay on stay on point in everything I do. So uh, I just had to off my teammates and my coaching staff just give me confidence to shoot the ball well. More on the game in a moment. Buddy, when did this thing start to really turn around for you? Can you look back to a time where it started to go in the direction you wanted it to? <laughs> going to Oklahoma. Uh, going to Oklahoma, that's when everything started turning off me. Uh, I feel like it was a homecoming. That's something I need needed for me, and uh, I feel like when I was down there, I feel like you know playing in that city, staying in that state, you know, uh, I just got revived and uh, was able to shoot the ball well and uh, you know make, get some quick points up on the, on the board. And uh, a couple games later, I just started shooting the ball well, and uh, I feel like that. But that game helped me really. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, tell me about the third quarter tonight. You guys just blew the doors off of them here in the third. Yes, sir. Uh, we played we played basketball. That's what we did. Uh, we swing the ball and move it. Eighty made some shots. Drew. Play was aggressive and uh, uh, was still willing to pass the ball, and everybody was just on point. You know, everybody was unselfish. We played unselfish basketball that, that third quarter, and that sparked the spark of our lead. Uh, Buddy Hield with us here on Pelicans Radio. Buddy, I don't know if you played here or not during your time as a Sooner, but tonight was your first NBA game yes, at Madison Square Garden. What was that like for you? Oh, it was special. Uh, I, I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed it. The fans had their, their brace us really well, and, uh, you know, just coming out, and I realized a lot of behemoth flags in the building too. So it was great to see, you know, behemoth culture in the flat in the building. But uh, it was a great, it's a great venue to play at, man. Uh, it's, it's a great shooters gym, and uh, you know, I just can't wait to play again. Yep, you'll play again on Thursday. Do you have a thought at the moment about what lies ahead in the Brooklyn Nets on Thursday, or at least the next step of this road trip, buddy? Yeah, this is this is a tough road trip. You know, it's cold, but it's a tough road trip. You know, we gotta take one game at a time. You know, we we didn't get that one in Boston, but we have to get this one. Uh, we got this one tonight, and uh, we can move on to the next and uh, follow the game plan and go, and go from that. Great job tonight, and as always, thank you for your time. Congratulations. Thank you. Take care. Yep. 
All right, so there you have it. Pelicans have a couple days to practice and recuperate, and then they take on the Brooklyn Nets, try to improve on this homestand to 2-1. and one. They're also just now one game back of the players, the Blazers, I should say, for the eighth and final playoff spot in the Western Conference. So we'll hear from Jim Eikenhofer next, and we'll hear from Christian Garrick, and then I'll wrap things up for you on this Tuesday. Stay with us. This is the Black and Blue Report. Win the night for the entire family with a Pierre's Party Pack. Ticket packages are available for select Pelicans home games throughout the season and include three or more tickets, combo meals, and an encore free throw experience with Pierre the Pelican, all for as low as $48. The next Pierre's Party Pack night is Friday, January 20th against the Brooklyn Nets. For more information and to plan your next winning night out with the gang, visit pelicans.com today. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Let's continue to talk about this Pelicans win from last night. Pelicans beat the Knicks 110-96. And joining me now from the Big Apple is Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com. Jim, appreciate you coming on as always. And uh, I will just say this. It was a pretty weird game yesterday, I would say, just with all the things going down with the Knicks. But a very good win indeed for the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, between some of the hijinks from the Knicks and some of the amazing stuff that was happening that was Pelicans related. I was kind of joking with somebody last night that I felt like I needed a second person next to me to help me tweet during the game. I mean, it was just, it was just one of those games where like there was just so many different things going on. So it was definitely a memorable uh, night at, at MSG. That's for sure. How about the offense last night for the Pelicans? They hit 10 threes in the first half. Anthony Davis goes off, has a 20 and 10 in the first half. Was this some of the best ball movement you've seen from this team in quite some time? Yeah, I definitely think so, and I think that was a, a big reason why they were able to make so many threes. And I think one of the things that was really um, cool to see from a team standpoint was just so many different guys were involved in that. It wasn't like one guy had a three-point shooting-wise, one guy had like a big first half, and then there was a you know guy or two. It was seemed like it was about four or five different guys that had multiple threes. Um, Buddy was great. Dante made a couple. Um, go on down the line I mean it was it seemed like just about everybody that got in the game did did some good stuff how about Buddy Heald lately we talked about how he's emerging uh Western Conference rookie of the month for December just keeps on going is it just a confidence thing with him right now I think it is I mean just from listening to him last night it it just seems like he kind of there was like a light that turned on where he is just it just kind of clicked for him and he realized that you know, there's no, I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but it, it was like there wasn't really any reason for him to not have confidence. So, I mean, he, it's, it's incredible to see the difference between him in November and de- December and January. He's leading the NBA in three point percentage since this December 30, uh, December 1st at exactly 50%, which is incredible. So it, it's not, I think for a while we were talking about how, you know, he had a great beginning to December and then, a few weeks into the month and so on and so forth. But it's like now it's 
not really now it's not even really like just a little stretch i mean december 1st through now is you know a good six weeks or so so it it, it, it makes you think that maybe this is what you're going to see the rest of the season so it's it's been it's been really uh really good to, to see just the way that, that he's uh put it all together lately and of course no one's surprised with the play of anthony davis 40 points 18 rebounds in just 28 minutes can you imagine what he maybe could have done if he didn't get hurt in the third quarter there yeah, I mean he was he was on his way to a to a huge night. I mean, you know, obviously the injury happened, and they would have taken him out. I think pretty quickly after that, even if that hadn't happened, just because of the margin of the of the game. But I mean, yeah, he was great. He, he, there's there are certain games where you can tell almost in the first five or six minutes of that he's going to just have a monster night, and I felt like that was the case last night. That right off the bat he was really aggressive, and he had I think he had 14 points in the first quarter, so that was a really good omen. And it was um, one of those things where he, uh, at least from my perspective, I was like, man, he could, he could have a, a huge game tonight. And he ended up having 40 and 18 and he only played 28 ish minutes. So it was, that was quite a performance by him. Donatus Motiunis in his uh, two games, he had 11 points in the loss to Boston, just had three last night. I know it's going to take a little bit for him to kind of get acclimated against since he hasn't played a game since April, but how do you think he fits in, uh, with this Pelicans lineup, and how do you think he's been uh, gradually uh, improving over these last couple of games? He he didn't have a have a, a huge impact last night for sure. He was pretty quiet, but at the same time, I don't think they needed it. It was one of those things where there were so many guys that played well. It wasn't like he had to have 15 points or anything like that. But um, just I I just like how um cerebral he is. He just it's funny like if you if you spend a little bit of time around him, like even on the bus or you know, in the locker room, stuff like that. He's sitting there talking about basketball constantly, even though he, I've only been, I only met him really a few days ago. It's, it's interesting. Like how many different times I've already heard him talk about different things they need to do as far as ball movement and like different specific um, techniques that they need to work on. He was talking about how in the Boston game that the Celtics were kind of um, setting up right at the middle of the free throw line, which everyone calls the nail as part of, their um way to to focus on anthony davis so i mean he he's a he's a really interesting guy and i i think he's going to help the team's um just overall understanding of of the game and um from a team standpoint just i think he's already examined almost like a coach he's already examined a couple things that he he's seen from his perspective of somebody that doesn't have any bias because he's coming in kind of from the outside of that he hasn't been here all season and, and looked at some different things as things that they can tweak or different things that he can, you know, can help with. So I think he's, he's definitely a really good signing and somebody that's going to, I think, make a difference for sure. As, as time goes on, it, it, he already did in that Boston game. Even though it was a loss. Before I let you go, Jim, this is Jim Eikenhoff from Pelicans.com. Let's look ahead to the rest of the road trip. Now the Pelicans have a rare two days off in New York City, which is probably good after the injury to Anthony Davis. X-rays are negative, which is a good sign. Then he play the Nets, who are last in the East. You play a Bulls team that's been up and down, and you have a Pacers team that's going to be coming back from London when they play on Thursday against the Nuggets. So, Jim, this is a good chance here to get some wins on the road before you head home for your longest home stay of the season, don't you think? Yeah, it's definitely a good opportunity. I think that was another reason why last night's win was so good, that you already have a win. I mean, obviously now you want to set your, your goals higher of having maybe like a winning road trip would be incredible with this being the longest one of the season. So it's uh, it's it's definitely a, a real positive, too, I think, the way that the NBA 
um, set this up where with a schedule where you, you do get to stay in, the, stay in the same place. So I think the wear and tear and fatigue factor shouldn't be as big as it usually is on a road trip that's this long, just from based on the fact that they um, get five days in the same city. So today is pretty much an off day for everybody, even though I have this this um, this um, interview I have to do with this this guy from New Orleans who's who's always bothering me on Tuesdays. But um, I don't know who that is. Tomorrow they'll be back in <laughs> tomorrow. Tomorrow they'll be back in practice, and then I mean it's it's just a nice um, stretch to just to just get rested up, and then and of course they're so short because all uh, the flights are so short because all all these cities are close together, so it's it's pretty conducive I think to and hopefully they'll be able to take advantage of it and and put some more wins together, and then you got a six game homestand, so things are definitely looking up, and not to mention the fact that you're only one game out of eighth place in the West, which is which is amazing. Well, Jim, I'll send your check in the mail to your hotel in uh, New York City since you're going to be there for so long. I appreciate uh, the inconvenience that this may have caused you, but I appreciate you coming on, my friend. All right, no problem. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get you the address after we uh, go get off the air. You can send it to that. All right, sounds good. That's Jim Mikenhofer from Pelicans.com. Coming up next, we'll talk NFL playoffs with Christian Garrick. You're listening to Black and Blue Report. Hey, New Orleans, the world's biggest party just got even bigger because NBA All-Star 2017 is coming to the Big Easy. You know about the big game on Sunday, but there's a whole weekend of fun starting Friday night. Come check out the BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge and the Celebrity Game. Then the D-League All-Star Game on Saturday. Even watch the best athletes in the world get ready at All-Star Practice. Tickets start at just $10. Don't miss out. Visit NBATickets.com now. Are you ready for a new challenge? Set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with over 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce cup, and sip your way to your goal weight. With flavors like pineapple mango, strawberry blueberry, dark chocolate banana, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goal. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Take the challenge as part of a low-calorie diet and daily exercise program. Weight loss depends on individual needs. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. All right, time to turn our attention to football on this Tuesday. Of course, the national championship happened last night. NFL playoffs this weekend. Joining me now is Christian Garrick, sports director, WWL Radio, also St. Sideline reporter and a co-host of Double Coverage. Christian, glad to have you on again, my friend. Yeah, it's a great time of the year, that's for sure. You know, you got college football playoffs, NFL playoffs. It's, uh, it's awesome. Good time of year. Yeah, absolutely, and it started uh, last night with a big win for Clemson, 35-31 to in a great national championship game, a rematch from last year. What did you make of the of the game last night? Well, I made uh, that Deshaun Watson has eight touchdown passes and zero interceptions and almost 800 yards, over 800 yards passing in his last two matchups with um, with Alabama. There's not a quarterback in this that's walking this, this planet that can say that. Um, you know, and look, I think that he's – you got that pedigree that, you know, if you're an NFL team and you're in need of a quarterback either right now or down the road, uh, I think you look hard at him coming out in the, in the draft, which we can get to later. But, man, uh, I mean, what what a game. Uh, look, I, I, I'm a big Dabo Sweeney fan, and I have crazy amount of respect for Nick Saban, uh, you know, in terms of what he was able to do at Alabama. And I'll, I'll be lying if I, if I said I wasn't pulling for Clemson uh, just because I, I like the underdog story. I like the – 
the way he conducts himself in that program. I'm talking about Davo Sweeney. Uh, but, I mean, it was a game of momentum. And, look, it didn't look good for Clemson. They went down 14 nothing early. Then both Scarborough got, got injured. I think that was one turning point of the ballgame when they were no longer able to exert their physicality on Clemson. And you saw them kind of punch back a little bit. And, uh, and get back in that ball game. And then Deshaun Watson kind of just took over there in the second half. And I think when you're defending 99 snaps, which is what Alabama defended, you eventually are going to wear out and you're going to break. And I think that's what you saw. I love the call there with one second remaining to Hunter Renfro. The rollout is a high percentage pass. And I know Alabama fans might say that was a pick play. And, and uh, Clemson fans are going to say that, no, that's a rub play. Whatever you want to use, uh, it wasn't called. I like the fact that it wasn't called because it's a national championship game. Uh, and you want to let these guys play. But I think this one was up there with the Texas-USC Vince Young kind of game. It, that, it was that good. Yep, that was exactly what I was thinking this morning. This was probably the best game since that game, that's for sure. And I want to go back to this game just for a second. I know you mentioned who you were rooting for. And from an LSU's perspective, is this something that you think LSU fans were rooting against Alabama just because, of course, it's your rival? Or do you think they're rooting for Alabama because it's the SEC and you want the SEC to do well? Do you, do you have a take on who you rather root for in those situations? Would you rather see your rival win the national championship, or do you look out for the best interests of your conference, or does it really even matter? No, I think it matters in, in the case of Alabama because Alabama was quickly – I think this levels the playing field that brings Alabama back to the pack just a little bit when it comes to recruiting. I mean, you saw all the top recruits basically saying, hey, I want to go to Alabama because I want to go with the expectation of winning a national title. Now – it's been proven that, hey, look, there are other teams that can, that can beat them for a national title. Uh, I mean, this would have been, what, their fifth in eight years, um, something like that. That's pretty dominant. Now it, it was kind of tipped a little bit. And now I think that, you know, from, from, a, from a rooting interest standpoint, if you were an LSU fan or an Ole Miss fan or an SEC fan, yeah, you pull for the, for the conference in bowl games um, and maybe a, a, a dark horse in your conference, like if it were an Ole Miss, LSU would lose for Ole Miss, et cetera, et cetera. But because it's Alabama and because how dominant they've been on the field and also what it could potentially do for your recruiting endeavors, you are absolutely rooting against Alabama. And I think that was an, another underlying storyline to come out of this game last night is, well, it's not going to – everybody's going to paint the narrative that this is the end of the Alabama Crimson Tide run. Well, they said that two years ago <laughs> when they lost to Ohio State in the semifinals. It's not the end of the uh, less, I mean, the Alabama run until Nick Saban says it's the end of the run. Let's not let, let's not get it twisted here. It just means that they got beat by a good football team that 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 can compete with them. And it was a great national championship game, but it doesn't mean that the erosion has begun for Nick Saban in Alabama. Give me a break. They'll be back in it next year or back in the mix next year, uh, and for a long time, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, should be interesting uh, down the road, that's for sure. Let's focus on the NFL playoffs now. The NFL divisional round is set this weekend. You have Houston at New England, Pittsburgh at KC, Seattle at Atlanta, and Green Bay at Dallas. Out of all those four games, which one intrigues you the most, Christian? Green Bay and Dallas. And I know, can I do like 1A and 1B? Sure. And obviously, it would be, a, it would be Atlanta and, and Seattle. But uh, in the AFC, let's you know if we started there with the AFC and Houston and New England, that's going to be a beatdown of epic proportion. I mean, mm -hmm. Jacoby Brissett was quarterbacking the Patriots when they beat Houston earlier in the season, twenty-seven to nothing. Right, um, and it's just not going to happen. Like that game, it's a sixteen-point spread. It just goes to show you what Vegas thinks of that. Um, now, as far as the Steelers and Chiefs in the AFC, I think that's going to be a really good game as well. Uh, Big Ben. Uh, coming off that, that, that boot, that injury he suffered in the Miami Dolphins game, and then you got the Killer Bees that were rolling. 
Defensively, though, Kansas City's got it going on. They lead the National Football League in takeaways. That'll be a good matchup. I think Kansas City is the best suited between the Steelers and the Chiefs, the best suited to potentially have to go to Foxborough and beat the Patriots in the AFC title game. Now, in the NFC, the most intriguing matchups, are, I think, are is Dallas and Green Bay in Dallas. The reason why, the number one seed in the Dallas Cowboys, a young team, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, two young rookies with bright futures, uh, a defense that has their moments where they look okay, they look pretty good, and then they have their moments where they can be vulnerable as well. I like the Packers in this matchup just because the experience. And, oh, by the way, have you seen Aaron Rodgers, like 22 touchdown passes, zero interceptions in the seven-game winning streak? He's playing sick right now. He's playing in another galaxy. Um, I just think that it's just a matchup that bodes well for Green Bay, uh, even though they're not going to in all likelihood have Jordy Nelson. Now, uh, with Atlanta and Seattle, um, I said it during the, the season finale with the Saints and the Falcons. That Falcons offense reminds me a lot of the 2011 Saints offense. Daniel, I'm sure you remember that mm-hmm. offense that was, uh, I mean, just they, they, they were torching teams. Um, they could score almost at will. Well, this Falcons team, I think, can do that. Cam Chancellor uh, is in the, obviously in the mix, but without – Without um, you know some of their key players on, on the defensive side of football and Earl Thomas at safety, I don't like this matchup for Seattle. Normally I would. I'm a big danger. I'm a big danger. Russ Russell Wilson fan, but at the same time, I don't think it's going to be enough. Atlanta probably moves on and, and faces. I think Green Bay in the uh, in the title game. Interesting, interesting. It should be a good one. Uh, Green Bay and Dallas intrigues me just for the fact that you have a rookie quarterback in Dallas and a rookie running back. I know that worked well in the regular season, but it's a whole different animal in the postseason. So let's say Atlanta and Green Bay does move on, and Atlanta now will host a home game. Are you saying Atlanta is the team that might go to the Super Bowl, or you think it's the Packers just because how hot they've been uh, the last part of the regular season and into the postseason? It's going to be discount, discount double-checking all the way to Houston, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I like I like Aaron Rodgers. I like the Packers. I just think they've got their mojo going on right now. That defense is better than people give them credit for. I think they would have enough. Uh, if they got in a shootout with Atlanta, because Atlanta's defense is leaky at times, I think they'd have enough firepower uh, to compete there. They went into that building, I think, in 2010 when the Falcons were the number one or number two seed um, and, and beat them uh, in, in the playoffs then, and then went on to win the Super Bowl. I think it's similar. I think this Packers team is a lot like that that, that 2010 team that ended up winning Super Bowl 45. Yeah, it should be a, a fun pl- uh, playoff round, that's for sure. Um, before we get to the Saints real quick, do you have an MVP vote for this year? I mean, there's so many debates on whether it's Aaron Rodgers who came along. I don't think he's thrown an interception since week 10 or so. You have Tom Brady with uh, two interceptions since he came back from suspension. Then you have Matt Ryan who's carried the Falcons to an 11-5 record and a two-seed and just put up some unbelievable records. Do you have a take on who should win MVP in the NFL? Look, I mean, you rattled off some great candidates. I think I think it's probably Aaron Rodgers just because of the way he's done it. And, you know, I think there's something to be said for sitting at four and six and you tell the media, hey, we'll just run the table, mm-hmm. you know. And you do run the table and you live up to that. And then you go, you know, on a seven-game winning streak or six to close out the regular season when you throw 18, inter- 18 touchdowns and zero interceptions. Uh, I mean, I think there's something to be said for MVP races that close, that have a closer, that, that, that puts an exclamation point on it. And that doesn't discount what Matt Ryan has done uh, down the stretch or throughout this season. I think he's had an MVP caliber season along with Tom Brady. But, again, it's, it's going to sound like a, a love affair between me and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I just think that highly of the guy. I really do. 
Yeah, and he's been playing out of his mind. So it wouldn't surprise me if you see Aaron Rodgers win, but all three candidates um, deserve it. That's for sure. All right, let's focus on the Saints just for a quick second. Kind of a generic question for you as we uh, end this segment here. You know, obviously, we want to be talking about the Saints in the divisional round next year at this point. So how do they get there as far as what do they need to address in the offseason, whether it's in the draft or free agency, to get them back in the playoffs? Daniel, it's a good question. And, you know, I don't think they're far off. And I know, you know, some Saints fans might roll their eyes because, you know, they've been 7-9 and nine the last three years. But this 7-9, and nine, for whatever reason, for what it's worth, felt different than a year ago. All right? For what I, and so I think that there are some things that they can build around. I like what they've got what they've got up front. I think they need to get a complimentary pass rusher to Cameron Jordan. I know that uh, the name Junior Gallette rings hollow among Saints fans because of how, he, how it ended here in New Orleans. But you look at Cam Jordan's most productive years when he had uh, Junior Gallette on the opposite side, um, you know, forcing the passer, rushing the passer as well. So I think finding a complimentary pass rusher to Cameron Jordan I think is a big priority along with help at linebacker um, you know Stefan Anthony I think is still in, in question in terms of where where his uh, his role lies with this team and then um, Kikaha um, holy Kikaha is coming back off an injury so I think that they might have to address the outside linebacking position you know you got Craig Robertson who I think played well Danelle Ellerby when he's healthy um, you could also get some help at cornerback and I wonder on the offensive side of the football as good as they were I wonder how you're going to fill the void, I think, in, uh, left again this offseason by Jari Evans at right guard. Or in particular, even if he comes back, you're still going to want to have some depth at, 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 along that offensive line. You do have Landon Turner already in the mix, who played uh, at times this year, who's a promising prospect. But um, I think that if you, you, know, if you ask me, that, I think the needs eventually go uh, immediately to the defensive side of the football. And I don't think they're that far away, in particular, because you're going to have Delvin Bro back for hopefully more than just six games next year, next season in the fall of 2017. So, um, I, you know, I, I think, I think you're a couple of pieces away, uh, defensively from being able to being able to get back in this thing, uh, defensively. Yeah. Hopefully they can fill those holes in the off season between the draft and free agency should be an interesting off season. And we'll look out for all those key points heading into the draft in April. That's Christian Garrick. Uh, Sports Director, WWL Radio, uh, also St. Silent Reporter. Of course, you can check him out every night, co-hosting double coverage with T-Bob Bear. Christian, I appreciate the time, my friend, and enjoy the playoffs. For sure. Thanks a bunch, Daniel. All right, we'll wrap things up next. This is the Black and Blue Report. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans and have an amazing game night group experience that you can customize to meet your group's needs. Bring your family, friends, or coworkers, and we'll bring the fun. Make lasting memories while you sit back and enjoy the excitement of watching the world's best athletes and ask how you can be a part of the action on center court. For more information and to book your group night, call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today. Ochsner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. 
We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. All right, fun show today. Great talking about a Pelicans win and also previewing the NFL playoffs. Big thanks to Jim Eikenhofer from Pelicans.com and Christian Garrick from WWL Radio. Tomorrow it's a Wesley Wednesday. Cassie Calvert will be your host, and uh, she'll talk with David Wesley, uh, Pelicans analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans. And then uh, the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation has a big announcement this morning, and uh, we'll talk with Jay Cicero about that big announcement. I can't really give it away because as we're taping this, the announcement will officially take place this morning. So you'll just have to wait and talk, hear about it tomorrow on the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. So hope everyone has a great rest of their Tuesday. Enjoy this weather. It's supposed to be beautiful the rest of the week um, in the mid-70s here and sunny, so enjoy it. And uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, I'm Daniel Salerson, and thank you again for listening to the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans, the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.